Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. We hope everyone is staying safe and sane in these crazy times. In today's show, we're going to round up Danny Ainge's big virtual press conference this afternoon. Also, we're going to redraft the 1980s. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That is at WinningPlaysPod. Shout out to CLNS Media, Bet Online, uh, doctors, nurses, nurses, grocery store, pharmacy, gas station employees, restaurants, food delivery, anyone who's out there putting themselves in harm's way for the good of everyone else. We love you and appreciate you. Uh, B-Rob and, and Michael Pina, nice to be back with you guys. Uh, B Rob, you're on the uh, the conversation with Danny Ainge today. What was it? Was it a Zoom call? What we break it down for us a little bit? Just, Just a, a conference? conference call. Yeah, we haven't we haven't had a Zoom call. A lot of other teams have done Zoom calls with uh, players and coaches in all sports. Uh, the mm-hmm. Celtics have not gone that route yet, um, and I think it'd be pretty cool to to do it at some point just for the entertainment factor. But for now, we're just we're we're on the old fashioned conference call. What out the the Bruins went viral with their yeah like the Celtics will have to probably jump on that you would right? think like just I mean I think hockey players personality wise are just like uh, a hoot if you will anyway so but it would be funny but I think you could say the same about the 2008 Celtics so that that is a an opportunity that uh, you know the Celtics I mean it'd be tough enough to track those guys down at this point but. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun if they could make that happen. Pino, would you like to be in charge of muting and unmuting Kevin Garnett in a uh, <laughs> 2008 Celtics team Zoom? That would be tremendous. Um, <laughs> I would definitely never press the mute button and just let it ride. But yeah, that's uh, that, that would be a lot of fun. Tricked Ray Allen into coming to the call and everyone just Ooh. hangs up me. That, that could be it. That could be the opportunity. This is what you do. You get on you say, Ray, hey, Wick wants to have a private Zoom with you. We want to discuss. We're actually going to retire your number. We <laughs> want to lay down the groundwork for the for, for everything. We want to get a date on the schedule on the calendar. Uh, come on. And then once he hops on, everyone else is there. I mean, what do you guys think? I think you just gave away a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I saw Danny Danny told you guys that all the questions sucked at the end of the press conference. Is that what happened, B-Rob? Yeah, so that was great. So um, there, the, the backstory to that was, I want to say, uh, Steve Bullpett, who obviously goes way back with Ainge, um, midway through the call was kind of like, hey, for the next you know conference call we get, you know, the Southwest are getting all these guests speakers to talk to them which we can talk about like LL Cool J, Mark Wahlberg, um Myron Roll. Myron Roll. Um 
you can three peas in a pod it's right exactly like what's you know we can debate who's like who there but um but but the took a shot at Ange being like hey we you know can we get some cool guests like you guys are getting instead of like you know Ange and then Ange came back again on the call being like man these like you guys talked about needing inspiring guests earlier like we need some more inspiring questions here. These questions are terrible, which yeah. to be fair to Ainge was pretty true for most of the call. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was pretty funny. How many guys were on the call? Do you know? Ooh, I think when I got on, it was like 25. So, Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. It was a lot of people on the call. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was, it was a joke obviously, but it was still pretty funny. Um, what was the biggest takeaway? I, got, I know he, he said he said that just in terms of draft prep, I mean, obviously the fact that there's no NCAA tournament, the fact there was no conference tournament, because I know that's the time when they all really hunker down. Um, I, I think for you know the month of March in general, because you know they've they've kind of the front office has done what they can, right? Like the buyouts sure. are done. Like you're not making any more trades. Like this season is in the books, really, in terms of player movement. So they really focus most of their attention on watching the college game. And uh, this year, that's not happening. And he said straight up that, like, you know, if they hadn't had a meeting with Rondo, they never would have drafted him. Yeah, that was probably the the biggest, not table, but, like, biggest revelation from that in terms of just the impact of in-person workouts and in-person interviews have uh, for the Celtics and, I'm sure, tons of other organizations. So, But at the same time, he also said, you know, they got Avery Bradley in 2011. Um without any workouts because he fell to them and probably wasn't working out for a team that late in the team. So it does make things, you know, much more challenging. You obviously have to go a lot more on just the film with these guys and, you know, whatever feel you can get out of a, a zoom conference call, which I imagine isn't that much Mike, but at the same time, like I feel like the, the Celtics, you know, pulled draft press, if you will, whether it's Mike Zarin, Austin Ainge, Dave Lewin, all those guys, you know, they're very well connected. They network a ton all year long to, with college coaches and everyone, you know, that has any kind of connection uh, with these prospects. So I think this could, you know, if anything, it'll probably like reward that kind of work more as, as they go here. Yeah, I mean, the draft is a year round pursuit. And it's it, it's even more than that. I think, you know, just there's a lot of guys in this draft who they've been they've had their eye on for years like going back to uh when they were sophomores and juniors in high school so it's not really even even before that for a lot of them and i also think a lot of the top prospects you know you never know who could drop to where the celtics have the memphis grizzlies pick but like a lot of those guys didn't even really play a lot of college basketball this year so um, there have been some injured top prospects that could drop. So it, it, I don't even know how much uh, necessarily this past season would, would factor in. Obviously, you do want the interview process. Ainge did mention Avery Bradley. He did mention, um, I think, Steve Nash, too, when he was talking yeah. about his, yep. his Phoenix days, that uh, you know they drafted him without a workout. So it's not impossible to make a really smart decision. Um, I don't know the value of looking into Rajan Rondo's eyes before you, you select him. Um, <laughs> I can see it, though, because because you see, I mean, the, he was a guy who he he looks like he didn't give a shit more than any any other really good player out there, right? And you got to wonder what that's about. You know, he, he, he has an on and off switch more than, and I don't want to offend you, Mike, but um, I'm offended. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he, you got to know what he's really about when you see a guy like that with that sort of with that sort of 
talent with that sort of potential also the jump shot was a little shaky too so on film i could see him maybe not you know lighting up the board for them um but no i i i agree it's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but and has has there been a uh is the lottery gonna be on the same date like when they actually pull the ping pongs do we do we know about that i don't think we know about any of that yet i assume i mean Ainge said in the call they're preparing for it to be june 25th but he fully expects it to be moved and and I would, you know, unless they outright cancel the rest of the season totally, then I think that's the only way it stays on that date. Because otherwise, you're not going to have, um, you know, you're not going to have the draft if the season is still in progress. You're just not going to do it because uh, for a variety of factors. of, and, and the lottery is clearly connected to that since, you know, what how big is the playoff field this year and all that, all those intricacies that will have an impact on what the lottery standings look like so i imagine everything gets punted until the summer at the earliest and maybe we'll get more clarity when they make an announcement about how they're going to try to eventually proceed mike but i imagine that's still at least like a month away at this point and for those plans to come out yeah well i mean couldn't they have the lottery still at the same date or and just you know assuming that they would announce also simultaneously that the regular season is over and that they're just gonna go ahead with the players that are in the playoffs or or the teams that are have already qualified for the playoffs if the season were to end today or is there something I'm missing that is very obvious here and why they could not do that? I mean, yeah. I guess they could. I guess I guess the only thing I'd be like, are there is there gonna be any kind of a play-in tournament or something like that for playoffs if they cut the regular season? I but mean, maybe, but maybe in that case, it'd be like we're just still going to have the standings for the lottery. They'll be unchanged despite the playing tournament. In which case, you'd be right. Yeah, I mean, the I'm just talking, just talking. But it, it seems to me like with a lot of the recent talk about uh, from players and from health professionals about the need to ramp up and how much time they would need, like a I've heard like five to seven weeks of of a runway. So. I don't know if you could get that with just like intra squad scrimmages among the playoff teams, um, or even like non televised exhibitions or something like that. I don't know, um, but I do think that the regular season is kaput. And if it were, I mean, I'm just trying to see like how they would most realistically do it. I think you know potentially limiting the number of teams to eight or something like that, and. I, I honestly don't even know. It's like there haven't been so many, a, a ton of updates here, and it's uh, it seems just like there's a, a ton up in the air still. Right, which I guess would be a reason not to do the lottery. But I agree with you. Like I don't, there's we're not going to be have see any more regular season games. That's that's for sure. Um, I I wonder if they do do it though. To your point, Mike, and like cl- as close to on time as they can at that point, just to to keep the NBA in the conversation, if you will like the NFL is doing with their draft right now, um, like in the news cycle. They yeah, should do it, it on the night, on the same night as the NFL draft. <laughs> <laughs> they should hack the NFL draft is what they should do. That That's going to be a disaster, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's going to be terrible. Um, yeah, so, I mean, speaking of the draft, are we are we ready to, to, to move on? Or move back? With our forward? <laughs> yeah, with our, I guess, <laughs> exactly. With uh, yeah. with our wonderful draft series, yeah, I think so. But first, I want to remind everyone that with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, as they are bringing Vegas to you. 
Uh, missing the NFL? That's no problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol. Stock price is even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh, all open. T- all these. All this is open 24 hours a day, all online. Uh, visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Did you guys um, ever watch Survivor? Or watch it now? I have not. I watched season one when Richard Hatch won. Yep. I think in 2000, and I have not won a, uh, watched the season since. But I know it's so, still somehow like the number one rated show yeah, in America. Yeah, it's, it's still good. So I was like, few. I watched it very early on, whenever that was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Um, my wife, Kate, like, never watched it until like five or six years ago and then was kind of all in on it and i kind of <laughs> i got and 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 i kind of hopped back on especially now, and for did last, you, did you run out you ran out of excuses with with no basketball right i mean it's like, you know <laughs> um it's like our one main show and it's i'll have to look at those odds for yeah i was gonna say hop that, on uh, your online wagering solution and and bet some some survivor props but but good good quarantine time killer yeah. Still, still it's funny formula. that you say that because I saw that every season of Survivor was released on Amazon Prime, and I was like, I've never watched this show. Don't really know anything. What's going on? Was Boston Rob a character? Or was that real world? I'm, like, this is no how, that that that's Survivor. Okay, yeah. this is how like out of the loop I am with Survivor. But yeah. I was like, might as well just like go back and rewatch it because a lot of people love it, and I won't even know who won any of the seasons. Sure. So, and I've got a ton of time to kill. So uh, it might as well. I mean, when I'm not doing research for the 1980s uh, Boston Celtics mock draft, uh, I got time to kill. So, uh, yeah, it seems like a pretty good idea. You should live tweet every Survivor season. (laughs) Twitter would immediately remove my account from their network. But, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So should we do the uh, the lottery for this? Let's do it. I think. Can I I just jump in? I, I did not bring this up with you guys beforehand on our text thread or anything, but. The number one pick here is particularly valuable, I would say. Probably. How are we doing the the draft order for this one? Uh, is there any? Can we do a special? Is there any? I know I'm jumping on, uh, like off the top rope and putting you on the spot, Rich. But do you have like any reserved trivia questions or anything like that? Yeah. So the only problem with that is that how do I get the number one? <laughs> yeah, <right>. sorry, dude. <laughs> um, oh, I, I have a good I, I have a, a good solution for that. What if neither one of us were to get the answer right? Then you would get the number one pick. Oh. Okay. You like that? Yeah, sure. Do you actually uh, have a question in reserve? Do you have like a Google Doc of just like Uh I actually do, but I'm not gonna use it. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do uh <laughs> I'm gonna go with something that I just came up with and it's sort of it's sort of uh it's timely. It's a top it's topical for what we're talking about. Okay. Um all right. So you you can you can you can shatter it. I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> this is incredible. I'm just I mean I've won I think the first three drafts so I guess this will be more fair. They should um, start doing this for lottery. Like this is how they the yeah, lottery should trivia, trivia, trivia questions. <laughs> All right. Uh so who is who is the only player in NBA history to uh to lead the league in both points and assists in the same season? Nate Archibald. Okay. Congratulations on Larry Bird. <laughs> wow. <Sweet. laughs> that was a uh, setup by Mike to get to get number one. Yeah, he well, texted I, he texted me before the show. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, no, I just knew that because I uh, when Harden, that was like a thing, with it, he would potentially do the same thing. And so there was a lot of, oh, Nate Archibald did this in whatever year he did it, in like 67 <laughs> or something. So that's why I was in the top of my... 74. Of my, 74, okay. Yeah, 73 wow. or 74. Uh, and I saw he averaged 46 minutes a game that year. Oh, my God. I wouldn't say it is that. Yeah. Incredible. And, and the, he it was for Kansas City, and they did not make the playoffs. I think it's kind of bullshit for you to get the uh, the number one pick on that. Um, yeah, I, on those merits. I think we should let, just go with what we already what we what we've been doing. Wow, backtracking. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's let's have a vote on this, um, Mike. On favor. <laughs> all right, two one. All right, let's let's just hold it. Let's see what happens. Mike, I'm gonna get it anyway here. All right, here's the draft music. Pick one, Piroff. <laughs> No, no, that we usually do in reverse order. Oh right? yeah, pick pick three, Rich. Pick two, Pina, and pick one, Brian Rob. Hmm, I like that. I don't know. Um, I, I, you, I know, you know, what? like, let's go ahead, Mike. I feel bad. I'm gonna trade it to you, but I want to be able to. We, I have a right. I have the ability to pick up a. Actually, I should be able to pick up any pick I want from you, like five of them, for, to give you number one in this draft. But, well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to figure out some even value deal, like but out of principle here, I'll give you number one. Really? No, so, I'm not going to do so it. No, so, no, what I was thinking is that not only is this when we talk about how obvious a pick this is, but if you were go- going to make a a fantasy draft of the entire NBA during the 1980s, um, yeah, I think Larry might be your pick because 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 Michael wasn't quite Michael would be the 90s pick. I you think know, yeah, he he I think he'd be number two. For a lot of people, well, right, yeah, it'd be, be Larry or right. Magic. Yeah, I think it's Magic and Bird. You can flip a coin, and then it gets really interesting. But it's also like, how many of the top ten picks would strictly be from the Lakers or the Celtics? Like all of them? Uh, not all of them, but pretty not close. all of them, but eight or yeah, like eight maybe. The, the vast majority for sure. Ralph Sampson. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I, I think I mean, I think that McHale and 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 Bird would be top ten picks, I'd imagine. But I don't know if Robert Parrish is a top ten pick for the entire NBA in the nineteen eighties. I mean, like, like I mean, like Hakeem wasn't quite Hakeem yet. This might have um, been a facetious. Well, he did lead them to the finals in eighty six, but this might have that might have been a facetious statement. I'd have to go back and actually yeah. look because there's also, oh, obviously a ton of great players. <laughs> Doctor J, like the Sixers had right, some great Sixers. Moses Malone. Yeah, Doctor J. We'll, we'll do this one when we're in our seventeenth month of no yeah. NBA basketball <laughs> in twenty twenty two. Honestly, that's like a. I know we're, this is like a meeting that we're having right now, but that's actually a really good idea for something afterwards. If we were just going to open it up to the whole league. Yeah. Basically do the same exercise we just did. We'll see what Josh Smith on Twitter thinks about it. Is that his name? <laughs> yes, yeah. I think so. Um all right, Mike, are you gonna take it or should I take it? Number one. No, you you you, you can have it. Yeah, I think B Rap should have it. All right. Um Wait, so what is the order? Am I second? Yeah, you're, you're second. second. Okay. That's oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. And we're and for the record, we're only doing six rounds of this. Because um, there's like 12 players who played for the Celtics in the <laughs> 1980s. Yeah, I mean the turnover. You just didn't have the guys, the mercenaries at the end that were that were jumping on board to 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 win a championship with the Celtics. Maybe they were going to other teams because Celtics they didn't think they had it in them. But that just didn't happen very much in the NBA back then. No, free agency was different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So first and foremost, you're going with uh, Larry Joe. Uh, I'm gonna go for Robert. No, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go for Larry Joe. Fred Roberts. Fred Roberts. 
And I guess I'm going to, I mean, there's there's many a tough season to pick from here, but I guess. Wait, wait, wait. You, oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. I, I did not mean to interrupt. I thought you were picking two players and I was about to get very upset. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same thing happen in my head. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going with uh, Larry Joe. Uh, let's go the the 84-85 version. Um, this is just absurd stats, especially in the, the 28.7 <laughs> points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, 6.6 assists per game, shooting 42% from three, uh, 52% from the field, and um, playing nearly 40 minutes a night, which uh, led the the NBA yeah I mean, was funny. Uh, no, go ahead, Rich. I was saying when I, when I was looking at this like I, I was going to go with like just the the three MVPs in a row like if you can take anything from there and that's probably the Larry Bird you want but s- statistically the two seasons after he won three straight MVPs were probably better which is yeah. pretty crazy that is nuts but it's... yeah yeah um and it's just kind of like going through so the way I've been preparing for this these drafts is you know you go to uh i don't want to give my strategy away or anything but i'm sure you guys are doing the same thing you go to basketball reference and then there's a player season finder tool that allows you to really kind of filter through and and order players by specific teams and specific seasons so if you were just to go and look i'm glad i didn't give away my strategy it's much better (laughs) (laughs) if you were just to go um and I'm looking at it now, filtered by total points in a season. So, like the top, you know, 100 or even more than that, um, seasons by total points scored. Uh, Larry Bird accounts for eight of them. Kevin McHale has, has uh, two of the top 10, and Larry Bird has eight of them. It's just like he was just a ridiculous basketball player. It's, it's in the 80s? Yeah, through the, for the 80s. Yeah, he was good at, he was good at basketball. One thing they say about Larry Bird. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. It's uh, I imagine how many like how many of his seasons in the eighties would you guys say? Like, were there any years in the eighties where he wasn't the best player on the team? Probably. Like maybe the very end. Maybe obviously he got hurt in eighty eight, eighty nine. But even when he came back in eighty nine, ninety, he was averaging twenty four and nine and seven so it's like and 40 minutes still again too which i found i know that that's nuts that is insane but it is it's like no one came even close to being like well maybe this one year um like maybe you can argue in 80 81 or something like that but even at that point it's like no he was just the model of consistency when he was healthy for as a top 10 top five guy ever for almost 10 years there's just like the the fact that he entered the league at 23 the fact that he, I think, I'm trying to, like, remember just, like, legendary Larry Bird stories, but, like, I'm pretty sure he he broke his thumb or something uh, playing, like, softball during an offseason, I think after his rookie year, back in French Lick. Um, he hurt his back, like, uh, plowing his driveway or something. Like, he's just, <laughs> and if all these things didn't happen, like, if he played in the modern era, if he was drafted into the NBA at uh you know 19 or 20 uh and then you just factor in uh 
him being able to rest a little bit more. Like, his career would have been just... We look at LeBron's career and what he's doing. I'm not saying Larry Bird would have had that much... Uh, been able to play that long at that high of a level, but it could have been, and he would have been even higher in the all-time rankings if it wasn't for these weird physical issues <laughs> that he had. At the, on the other side, like today's NBA, if he comes in at 23, they would have been like, ew, we're not drafting this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's elderly, you know what I mean? Like, 23 years old, that's that's poison in the NBA draft. It was crazy, even in 91-92. And from what I heard, I don't even think the Celtics, like, stayed over on road trips a lot of nights because they had to get home so Larry could just get treatment on his back and just and just be in, you know, they, they were just taking such great care of him. He was still averaging uh, 37 minutes a game in the 45 games that he played. Load management was just not a thing <laughs> in the early 90s, in, in the 80s no, for sure. No, it wasn't. Um, okay, uh, you know, you no. Know, it's funny is that the second pick's probably just as just as obvious. So, Pina, you can have that. Yeah, I'm going uh, Kevin McHale, um, and it's kind of funny when you look at Kevin McHale's career and like, I don't think a lot of people realize how how long he uh, came off the bench for at the start of his career and how he wasn't even. Like, he wasn't the number two option for a, a majority of what should have been his ostensibly his prime, which is pretty hilarious also. Um, but the uh, the year I'm going with, I think I'm going to go 86-87. Uh, uh, you know, he leads the league in field goal percentage, averages 26 a game. He's an all-star. They don't win the championship, and I, I believe that's the season where he he's playing in the in the finals and in the playoffs with a broken foot and Mm -hmm. it's why he he limps to this day so so dramatically um but i think that that was just statistically his best season i mean he the the year after that which is kind of funny um averaging 37 minutes a game he played 64 games and he also led the league in field goal percentage shooting 60 percent 60.4 percent so um yeah when you think of kevin McHale, you watch any of the highlights you just see like the best one of the most i mean charles barkley called him the best low post player in the history of basketball he had all the moves all the tricks um really good rebounder uh underrated defender if he wasn't on a broken foot he probably would have blocked badrick's baby hook uh yeah yeah, he's an all-time hall of famer 14.8 win shares that year which uh to put in perspective birds all-time high was 15.8 for a season um just an absurd number for the second option on a team. A random uh, Kevin McHale, I guess it's a fact that I always loved, is the symmetry of his points per game over his career. I don't know if you guys have the basketball, his basketball reference page up right now, but six seasons where it gets better and better, and then he peaks at 26 points a game in 86-87. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. And then it goes slowly down for six seasons until he retires. It's the most beautiful thing ever. If only yes. every career was like that. <laughs> make all this a lot easier the same yeah. happened with his minutes too which is kind of nuts same same oh uh, yeah wow we got to get kevin McHale here to talk about the uh the graph right. of his uh what what, what what would be the we need a math major to tell us what, what that is. is that a parabola is that a yeah. bar graph i'm not gonna talk anymore i can't <laughs> yeah, let's I'll stop make an absolute fool of myself okay uh, so, but anyway yeah i'm going with kevin McHale. yeah and that, so you went what 86 87 Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And th- when you were talking about, he did le- he led the league in field goal percentage that year as well. Yes, two uh, years in for, a row. First team All NBA, first team All D. Pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um. All right. I, now now I have a really t- 
two really difficult choices. Do you think um, so? I, I I I think this is pretty pretty. I yeah. think only one of one of these is pretty set, and the other one, I guess, you go a bunch of different ways. I feel like. So a chief has got to be. I think okay. chief is yeah safely. Yeah. I mean, we're playing. I wouldn't NBA. let him. Don't let him slip to Mike, please. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be tough. Uh, yeah, I gotta take Jake Parish, and I think I'm gonna do uh, 81, 82 Parish. Just statistically, that that would be. It's the only time he made a second team All NBA. He only made one other All NBA team in his career. That was a third team, uh, much later, like in the late '80s, which was kind of strange. What's really um, crazy about that is he was 64 years old that season. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I forgot. I can't remember if I said this last year, last episode. But when Parrish was 38 years old, he was the oldest player in the NBA, and he played for five more seasons <laughs> after that. It's just unbelievable. Um, but yeah, 81, 82, uh, 80 games, 31 minutes a night. Uh, 19.9 so Parrish never averaged 20 points a game in his career he averaged 19.9 in that 81-82 season uh, almost 11 rebounds 2.2 blocks second team all NBA um, I guess he is my my first pick my center the pride of Centenary College um, and I guess I gotta go with uh, Dennis Johnson you mother uh, and you know I think Larry Bird called DJ his best ever teammate or his favorite teammate, I guess I forget which one it was, but um, yeah, so he's he's gonna be my favorite player. He's gonna be Robert Parrish's favorite teammate on this team. Uh, eighty four, eighty five uh, was, I believe, his only All Star game as a Celtic. Averaged uh, sixteen, uh, almost seven assists. Obviously, one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, at this at this stage, could probably guard four positions. You know, I mean, maybe three positions in the eighties. Um, but yeah, and he's 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 my floor general. He's uh, he's DJ. Another Hall of Famer. I really like the Dennis Johnson pick. I, I mean, I thought that Parrish and Johnson were like the really obvious three-four combination. I don't want when after uh, me and me and B Rob give our next picks. I want you to t- tell us who was uh, in the conversation for you for that. Uh, you know pick. what? Uh, well, once I thought about it, it was pretty easy. I just hadn't thought beyond the first two picks because it seemed so obvious. Yeah. So I was just, that was just my brain in real time. I mean, buying myself some time to think about it. Yeah, you're getting someone who arguably the best perimeter defender of his era. A lot of really great scorers of that time said that Dennis Johnson was the hardest guy to score on. As you said, Larry Bird called him the his favorite teammate of all time, which is pretty wild, even though after doing research for this, we realized that he only had seven teammates, which is <laughs> really crazy. Um but yeah, no, Dennis Johnson. I mean, it's really funny because you get the guy who wasn't the like he he played in a finals. And I think he was a leading scorer, or a finals MVP. He was MVP, yeah, yeah. Um, so you don't get that player, but you get some kind of different, better. Not I don't know about better, but like a champion caliber. Well, it's player. like you didn't get you didn't get Kevin Garnett, you know, from the Timberwolves. Oh four, yeah, 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 exactly. So DJ like, and KG are basically the same player. Exactly. <laughs> Wait. So, did you say what uh, what season you're doing? For yeah, I, I did eighty four, eighty five. I okay. just thought statistically, I know that, that they didn't win a title that year. He was um, an all star. That was his his an one all star game as yeah. as a Celtic. Um, that was his his high in points. His uh, not quite assists, but I like the scoring punch, especially if I'm going to have you know Parrish who who can score, but you're not going to going to have your offense around him. I need some guys who can score a little bit, so that's why I need uh, the highest scoring Boston Celtics, Dennis Johnson. On my squad. Uh, yeah, I really wish I could have 
taking Dennis Johnson. Uh, you ruined everything for me. Um, okay, That's so all I came to do my my pick, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is where it gets a little difficult. I think I don't know about for you guys just mm-hmm. going down, and I was trying to rank everyone. Uh, for every other year or decade for these drafts, I, I just kind of ranked everybody positionally. But for this one, I, I just did a real big board, um, kind of forgetting positions. And I think I'm going to go with the guy who should have gotten me Larry Bird here um, with the trivia question. I'm going with uh, <laughs> Nate Archibald, mm-hmm. 1981. They win the championship. He leads them in assists that season. Uh, he's an all-star. This is after he tore his Achilles, I think, uh, earlier in his career. Um, just a super solid player. Um, their starting point guard. And you know, shot 50 per- 50% from the field. Uh, yeah, I'm, and he didn't shoot any threes, so uh, that's wonderful. Also, I guess whatever. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I went a little deeper into that All Star appearance that you just mentioned for Tiny Archibald in '81. Oh, please do. So tell. not not only was he an All Star, he was the he was the All Star game MVP. Oh, but he uh-huh. had nine points and nine assists in that game. Weird. And I, I read some old newspaper articles about it, and they credited him for moving the ball really well in the fourth quarter. <laughs> for why he got the the all-star mvp I, I i almost think there should be a whole story written about it. it's really bizarre but yeah who voted I, was it media uh that's a good question but uh but there are a lot of guys who, who scored more than he did in that game um you know not by a lot and I, and I guess the east came back in the second half and maybe he said his ball movement was like a big part of about that comeback but yeah he went an all-star game mvp with nine points and nine assists coming off the bench it's a good nugget right there yeah. He had uh, 13 points and 12 assists in the clinching finals victory over the Rockets uh, in 43 minutes in 1981, which is uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty I'm, – I'm happy with that pick. I just like to go out on with, with Nate Archibald by saying that on basketball reference, you know how they have the, the uh, nicknames in parentheses? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so for his real name, they have Tiny Archibald, and the nickname is Nate. So <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty legendary. Uh, yeah, B Rob, who you got? For Dennis Johnson, they have DJ and Airplane. For his other nickname, never heard that one before. Me either. Yeah. Weird. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll think on that. Uh, I'm happy that this man uh, fell to number six. And since he is currently the man calling the shots for the Celtics right now, that'd be <laughs> Danny Ainge. Um, and I'm going to go with the 87-88 All-Star version of Danny Ainge. He's actually his sole All-Star uh, appearance in his NBA career. Uh, averaging 15 a game, uh, 6 assists, uh, 37 minutes a night, uh, 41% from 3-point range, while taking 4.4 attempts per game, which is pretty high back in uh 88 and yeah i mean this is a guy that developed obviously into a pivotal part of uh, two celtics titles in the 80s and uh potentially more and i don't know rich i mean my biggest question still to this day i was clearly too young at the time to figure out the backstory and i've been too lazy to to research it much but the 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 danny Ainge trade still makes very little sense to me um to sacramento yes was there was there a 
was that just being like, okay, Ed Pigney is going to like fortify our front court and take the load off like Parrish and McHale? Was that the thinking there? They had, there had to be more to it, right? Right, because Danny Ainge, I mean, that, he was in his prime and, and he averaged 18 points. He had his best season the next year after that happened in Sacramento before obviously becoming a huge part of the Blazers and Suns teams that were, you know, perennial contenders. So, like, I... I'll have to ask him about it at some point, but that it, it still makes very little sense to me. Like, unless they really thought Pinkney was going to be a, a game changer. Cause well, Joe there's, Klein one, wasn't. <laughs> there's, there's one other aspect of it that I don't want to talk about quite yet. Maybe after, <laughs> maybe after you make your next pick. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. That's talk about a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my next pick is going to be Cedric Maxwell. Oh, okay. Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with the Finals MVP version of Max in '81. Um, I was actually surprised he never made an All Star team. Period throughout his career, but we'll go for his best season um, with the C's. We'll just go in that '81 campaign. He averaged 15 a night. You know, shot nearly 60. Actually, 80 might have been 79, 80. He actually led the NBA in field goal percentage, 60.9% per game. But we'll go with the Finals MVP version, 15 and. Six, just, uh, you know, a great power forward, a great, obviously, match for Bird and Mikhail and the rest of that front court. And um, I'm really liking my team with uh, those three. In, <laughs> Once in uh, right now. choked a fan in Philadelphia, I believe, or sure. fought him with a shoe. I can't remember the story. I'm just going to make it's up the things. I hope it's the latter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a lot more fun. <laughs> um, but real quick, I was, I know he's the finals MVP and that's big, but did he really deserve that? I mean, we neither, neither none of us were old enough to really watch that. But so he averaged seventeen point seven and nine point five rebounds in that series. Mm-hmm. Bird averaged fifteen point three points, fifteen point three rebounds, and seven assists. And when you look at the numbers, like Bird had a, a couple of really bad shooting games earlier on in that series, but he was very clearly the best player. I don't know if it was like if Maxwell just had a couple, you know big hoops or maybe in the biggest games he had his, his, his biggest games but as I was looking back on that and, and doing research for this it kind of pissed me off I mean I'm happy for Max that he got it like, <laughs> his, his, num- his number wouldn't be retired now like a lot of things would be different but uh, I didn't necessarily really think he deserved that maybe we can get him on here to defend it right. so. we'll see if we can make that happen I'd like you to take that to him directly yeah for his uh, response there um, <laughs> the highlight of your NBA career I'd like to take it away from you <laughs> I mean to be fair like Larry shot forty one percent, Max shot fifty seven percent in that series. Like, sure, Larry is probably you know clearly is the best player in that series. But if you're looking at efficiency, Max had a pretty uh, pretty big edge there. I wonder how many of those those open looks came courtesy of Mister Larry. I'd say if he made forty two shots, I'm gonna guess twenty. <laughs> at All right, so Larry, Danny, and Max is your first three. That's my first three. Oh him, shit! I thought I was Mike next. Here. Go ahead. Nope. Um, <laughs> I was wondering why you're like, wait till after this next pick. I'm like, well, Rich isn't going next. What's going on here? Oh, yeah. Um, so, real quick about uh, I had a Cedric Maxwell point that. Oh yeah. Um, so you have Larry and Cedric, and it, everyone knows that they were really great friends, and Larry respected the hell out of Cedric Maxwell. So, good luck exactly. with that locker room. Um, <laughs> Early the man Max. who had early Max. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brown and Mr. Kyrie. Chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> um, fair point. Uh, with my pick, 
I am going with Bill Walton. Nice. Nineteen. Oh, I know what Rich is doing now. Damn sigh it. of relief <laughs> over there. Um, I think I know who Rich is going with too. But I, I'm going with Bill Walton. Nineteen eighty-six. One of the best, if not the best, basketball teams ever assembled. He was uh, a, a reserve on that team, but 33 years old, obviously past his prime, but he was healthy enough, and it was just like a magical season for him and for everybody. And, you know, one of the greatest passing bigs who ever lived. One of the greatest big men of all time when healthy. I recently re- reread uh, Breaks of the Game, and he's such an awesome character in that book. Um and so one of the really interesting things, I guess, that connects Bill Walton to Cedric Maxwell, obviously, is that they were traded for one another um, in 1986 mm. or 1985, I guess. Um, is that the San Diego Clippers or the L.A. Clippers? Uh, it was L.A. at that time. It, they became the L.A. Clippers, I think, like a year before that, I want to say. Um, but I have a trivia question for you guys. Uh, so... Cedric Maxwell gets traded to the Clippers uh, for Bill Walton. The Celtics include a first-round pick with Cedric and send it to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to guess who that pick was, came to be? Michael Olawakandi. <laughs> um, my, my hint, I'll shorten it to a hint. He did play in the NBA, and he's... He's an international player and a legend. Arvita Sabonis. I gave too many hints, but yes, that is <laughs> that is the correct answer. Wow, never knew that. So, wait, so the clip the Clipper or, or was it eventually traded to Portland? Or did the Clippers draft Arvidas? I don't I don't know when Arvidas was I draft. I guess well, it was the 1986 pick. So I'm guessing they drafted him and then tra- traded his rights because obviously he didn't come to. Right, he didn't the come NBA for a while, so I, I would assume that they tr- they traded. I'll, I'll look his, it up. Yeah, so crazy that Walton was only thirty three years old that season. You know, like and I, again, like, like we were all a, yeah, we were all too young to really like be a part of that season. But like until very recently, I would have guessed he was like forty one, maybe like thirty three. And that's that's who's thirty three now in the NBA. He's like Chris Paul. Thir- <laughs> yeah, right. So the it says the Blazers selected them, so maybe that pick was sent to. The Blazers? Hmm. Interesting. Knowing the Clippers, they probably fucked it up and just drafted him and just let, let the rights run out or something. All right. Well, we'll put our recon team on this and yeah. report back next week. Um, all right. Okay, so, so Mike goes so, to Walton. Yeah. So the reason I think they maybe traded Danny Ainge is because young Reggie Lewis was uh, mm-hmm. was already averaging eight, 18 and a half points a game that season and was, was just about ready to to – to take over so he's going to be my neck my first pick um or my next pick it's the uh hold on let me bring this up yeah 81 games he started 57 so i'm sure that was mostly after danny left 23 years old average 18 and a half points 4.7 rebounds um yeah just a just a scoring machine he's going to be work really well with tj and Parrish. uh he will be the center of our, of our offense he's a little young but i think he's ready for it um and then my next pick, huh? I think I'm gonna go with. <laughs> this is tough. It is tough. So I need. I have three guys. Yikes! I'm glad we're only doing six rounds here. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, 
I'm going to go with Gerald Henderson. Are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> of course. It, I feel like that's an obvious. I mean, that's that's the right pick here. It's 83, the right pick. 83, 84, mm-hmm. uh, 78 starts. This is the year he makes the, the, the big steal, obviously. 27 minutes a game. Uh, 11.6 uh, points and four assists a game. Um, I have a trivia question for you guys. Okay. So a few months after that steal, you know, it's just funny that, that just the way that professional sports works. Like he makes the biggest deal of, of his of his life. Uh, he wins a championship with the Celtics. That fall, he's traded to the Seattle SuperSonics uh, for a draft pick. Who did that draft pick end up being? I, I know. Bias. This. Yep. Uh, okay. Yep. Red Arbeck. Guy knew what he was doing. He did. he did, except for that Danny Ainge trade. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, also the Tony Parker draft, but yeah, I mean, that's, oh well, we don't need to talk about that. That's Joe Forte, right? That's yeah, Joe Forte. Yeah. Mm. I mean, pretty much the whole '90s. Let's be honest here. But um, all right, so that's you took both there. You got Henderson and Reggie. And, and Reggie. Damn, your lineups looking pretty good on the wings. Thank you. I have Kevin McHale, so not worried. um all right mike back to you for the fourth round selection this will be another interesting pick very very interesting Uh, i feel like the tenor of this draft is is like a a golf tournament like a golf major just like a lot of hushed whispers (laughs) and there's not a lot of drama (laughs) now that we're getting to this stage it's just like it's really it's 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 rough um Reggie, I, I, yeah, I was gonna take Reggie Lewis. I'm not gonna lie, but um, I don't know. I had him on my last team. He was the first pick for the '90s. You need another big white guy with a broken foot. I needed exactly. <laughs> Bingo. Um, okay, so I am going with Chris Ford. Whoa. Ooh, okay. Uh, 1980 shot 43 percent from behind the three-point line. I want to say he was the first guy to make a three in an NBA game. or s- He has some association yeah. with the three-point line. No, he's the uh, first one to ever make one. I, I watched it. It's on, uh, if you just Google Chris Ford, first NBA three, the video comes up, uh, one of the top five five hits. It was, a good, it was a decent shot. Drained it. Yeah. His, uh, his nickname here is the Mad Bomber, which is pretty inappropriate but um shout out to chris ford averaged 11 points per game that season uh and he was on the championship team and i used to have a banner like one of those championship banner type things i was like i'm I'm blanking on what the actual word is here like a like a not a penny like those triangle flags you guys know what i'm talking about i'm still thinking about the mad bomber being his nickname (laughs) i'm sorry what'd you say (laughs) You know those like triangular championship pennies, like, like that'll like say Lumi- like world Illuminati? champions. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like they're felt. Every word you say makes me more confused. I've never okay, heard of so anyway, I had one of those hanging up on my bedroom wall, and it was from the 1981 team. Oh, a pennant. So, yeah, a pennant. There. Yeah, a pennant. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is our best episode ever, and. From the '81 team, and so it, Chris Ford's name was was up there. So um, then he went on to coach the Celtics. So we're keeping it all in the family here. 
All right. Um, I got two picks here, and this is this is tough. But we're gonna start with. Listen, we we talked about we might have some chemistry issues in the front court with with Bird and Max, so we need to we need to smooth that out a little bit. So we need some little morale um, boost off the bench here, and uh, maybe some towel waving. Oh, wow. um, if you will. So we're gonna go ML car here. <laughs> no kidding. And ML didn't. ML actually had a pretty good year in seventy nine eighty. If we're gonna qualify that, 11, 11 points a game. Um, playing twenty five minutes a night, and you know, obviously his role decreased steadily as the eighties went on. But he was still, you know, he was a decent bench player in the. <laughs> In the early, I mean, listen, this is there's not a lot of good choices here. <laughs> no, they're right. But we're going morale purposes, so we're gonna go ML um, from seventy nine eighty um, for our. I don't know pick. if that counts for this, but it, right, it, well, definitely, 80, it definitely doesn't. But it's okay. Eighty eighty one then. Okay. Eighty eighty one. Sure. Championship. Um, all right, and then this last pick, I'm gonna get. This might be a little bit out of the box here, but I think. We need some additional spark in the backcourt. And this guy actually came in out of the gate in the late 80s and was pretty um, important, even though his relationship with the team didn't go too well. Um, so I'm going to go with Brian Shaw, the 88-89 version of did him. Did you take him in the last draft, too? I think I did. Big um, Brian Shaw. Shaw. I was, you know, listen. Um, like Brian's. So, yeah, he started 54. <laughs> <laughs> listen, yeah, I'm a particular Brian's. Uh, yeah, averaged eight points, six assists, started 54 games out of an 82 in his rookie season. And yeah, just is going to get out of the way. Doesn't need to score a lot, but will help distribute, get the ball to Larry. Going to get out of the way. What a scouting way. report. That's attribute. Plays uh, on defense. Do you guys remember when Brian Shaw was the coach of the Nuggets for a cup of coffee? And he wrapped to the team in the locker room that's right videotaped it that was very funny and did it bomb did it like didn't oh, go well oh my or? god yeah i think ty lawson tweeted it i i, I don't know if this this was, yeah it was came Twitter out and it was bad it, i just know i've seen the report. clip yeah and i yeah and that could not have been filmed intentionally um uh, it was really bad really i'm getting funny. chills just thinking about it I know. <laughs> he hasn't coached since um <laughs> didn't kobe want him to take over the lakers i think that was like what year they, are we talking Right, yeah, right. There are so many times. Are we talking when, about like the Mike D'Antoni, I believe Mike so. Brown era? Yeah, yeah. But then he was with Phil, meaning Brian Shaw, and I think that that was where there was some bad blood with the Bus family and Phil. And so, I'm pretty sure that's why he was never the head coach of the Lakers. But I don't know. I could be speaking out of turn. Um, is it my turn? It is. It's your turn. All right, I'm gonna go with Rick Roby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 1981, Rick Roby, so world champion, backup center. Uh, eventually, he was also traded to get uh, Dennis Johnson. Um, I don't know. He was Larry Bird's drinking buddy uh, and, <laughs> and really Crucial. tall. And I mean, in his time, he was a, uh, you know, you could be a, a tall white guy and, and play decent minutes and be productive. So... Yeah, Rick Roby. I mean, it's it's slim pickings right now. I'm not going to lie. It I really can't is. believe that I'm going to get Scott Wedman with this pick. 
Yeah. It was an it was an all star with the Kings before he landed with the Celtics. Uh, he started so McHale missed about a month in that eighty five eighty six season, mm-hmm. um, and Wedman that started. I think 19 games was it? Anyways, he averaged 14 points a game for a starter uh, as a starter for McHale. Uh, in in 85, I believe the 85 finals, he went 11 for for 11 from the field, which might still be a record. Um, so he was a guy that basically he was he was a really great p- player with, in Kansas City. I think maybe the Royals or maybe the Kings. Um, the Royals came, was came to Boston, just totally checked his ego. He said, "I'm playing behind the greatest player in the world right now. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here when they need me." And I'll be ready to step up, and he always was. So, he will be there for me, Scott Webman, uh, to round off my starting five. All right, and who do you have for your bench here? My last pick. Um, hmm. I think that I'm gonna go with another guy that you could. Ca- uh, let me see. I need some size. <laughs> Very tempted by by artist Gilmore. Greg Kite. What was he like? Forty? Yeah, um, the Celtics. I think 30, 38. There's another guy that I thought was like seventy years old. Yeah, uh, who I'm now older than. Great facial hair. Yes, yes, very class. He played a bunch of years in the ABA too, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna go with uh, just to piss off Larry Bird uh, on B Rob's team. I'm gonna go with Rick Carlisle, <laughs> Larry's good friend. Damn it, man. The uh... I forget. We talked about this earlier. Which one of you guys hadn't seen The Last Dance? Was it you, Rich? I've seen the first three quarters of the okay. first two episodes. Okay. That's a very confusing way to describe how much you've seen. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, there's the, the footage of uh, uh, Michael Jordan at during the, um, I guess it was, yeah, it was the 86 first round of the playoffs when he scored 49 in, the, in game one and then 63 in game two. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had Rick Carlisle guarding him, and there was this one move where he just like Jordan like spins baseline and dunks and gets an and one. And it's like one of the dopest moves that you'll ever see. And Rick Carlisle was his defender, and the camera zooms in on Carlisle's face right after the play, and he just looks like he wants to retire at that <laughs> moment. And that's all I can. It's so weird, like even seeing like the the Rick Carlisle that you think of when you think of Rick Carlisle is like the bald coach with the. The, the the suit jacket that's like probably two sizes too big but then kind of a badass just like i was kind of mean mugging like yeah rarely smiling um when he isn't smiling sardonically and then you have like this guy who's like, he's just he's so young and it's like clearly rick carlisle but he's got like the full head of hair and he's getting trashed by michael jordan in the playoff <laughs> game it's pretty uh it's jarring to see not for that for that moment maybe he, he gets you know his confidence boosts and he becomes a really good player and doesn't become one of the greatest nba coaches of our time you know it's true that move changes everything a happens for a reason yep is this my pick it's your pick okay i don't uh, know how you're gonna follow up rick roby but I, I know um i'm just i'm going with uh kevin gamble in <laughs> 1989 i mean we talked a little bit about or i guess i gave my my kevin gamble um, scouting report in our last episode for those who missed it in that I don't recall ever watching Kevin Gamble play basketball <laughs> um, but wait you said Larry set him up for all his shots Larry's not on your team so how's this going to work look man um, 
we've got Bill Walton and Kevin McHale front court, and that's what we're riding. I, I mean, these guys aren't even going to play, to be honest. Especially Walton was a great passer too. He could great, 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 great passer. Yeah. So Kevin Gamble will be uh, dominating on those baseline cuts when no one's looking. Um, yeah. I. I mean the. I guess like the numbers here are pretty terrible um he had like his his 91 season was kind of like the the quote-unquote breakout for kevin gamble but um i'm just going 89 90 40 14 minutes a game five points a game uh, i'm so sorry kevin gamble you deserve more than this <laughs> all right the final pick mr Irre- irrelevant of uh, this right, irrelevant draft um <laughs> gonna boost the uh the backcourt a little bit more and um go with a guy that won a title and made a couple uh made another finals appearance in the mid 80s uh quinn buckner mm. um i guess his best season in this i saw like 82 83 he actually started 56 to 72 games uh averaged eight points a game four assists you know they weren't they were swept out of the, the playoffs that year but was you know was probably their top bench guy in the 84 um, postseason behind uh, McHale. So, yeah, I mean, again, slim pickings at this point. Apologies to Greg Kite. Um, Jerry Seasting, too. Jerry Seasting, yes. Yeah. Um, those are the other two guys that didn't make the cut on my list. Um, but yeah, Quinn Buckner. Rounds I have out some the... Quinn Buckner trivia really quickly. Please. To bring us full circle. So, uh, so Buckner was traded to the Celtics uh, right before that 82-83 that season. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did the Celtics send to Milwaukee? No idea. Neither. Hall of Famer Dave Cowens. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> who actually played a year with the Bucks? I had no idea. Really? Yeah. Huh. Damn it! Didn't yeah, know he was he, still around. He, he, yeah. he, I think he mentioned that when I talked to him. Yeah, he hadn't played. He hadn't played for the previous two seasons, but I guess maybe I think maybe that's when he was driving a cab around Boston. I know he quit and did that for a little bit. Um, but yeah, 82-83 was traded to the Bucks and played 40 games from Milwaukee at age 34. So he just got like bored or something and then wanted to come back? I guess. Or maybe Red was like, hey, we got a chance to get Quinn Buckner. Will you go play a few games for the Bucks?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was some financial motivation as well, but potentially. Alright, let's uh, go over our teams here. Um I'll start. I've... Wait, before we go over the teams, can we? Yeah. Is there was there anyone on your guys like big board or whatever who wasn't taken? I know you guys just mentioned just, a couple. I, I had yeah. Ed Pigney on mine, and that was basically it. Yeah, I, uh, Kite and uh, I guess Ray Williams made an appearance on mine, but that's the only other guy. But he only played like half a season. Seasting uh, was on my list. Mm. Uh, I'd you guys, do you guys remember Connor Henry by any chance? No, no. Sounds like a lacrosse player. Yeah, it does, but it's ER, not OR. I feel like <laughs> OR would be more likely to be the cross guy. Yeah, but um, he was a guy. He he, he came the Celtics. I don't know if they signed him or traded for him. Eighty six, eighty seven. In his first game, he went three for three from three point land in a game where Bird was not playing against the Bucks. Uh, he was plus twenty seven in ten minutes of of action, and he was a uh, he was like a, a cult hero for a couple of weeks. I bear. It's probably one of my first memories. Eighty six, eighty seven the connor henry era and i almost i almost drafted him solely for that but instead i'll just tell the story at the there end when no one's wow. listening that's awesome yeah so yeah let's go over our teams real quick and we can wrap this up 
All right. Uh, I got Danny Ainge and Brian Shaw in my backcourt. Uh, ML Carr in the wing, look out. And then I'm just going super small ball with uh, Max and Bird uh, making it my front court. So we're just going to. We're playing small. You'll get Bird's dominated pick by you my apart. team. Yeah, listen, bring it. We're going to just shoot you off the floor. So Yeah, um, And then Quinn Buckner coming off the bench. Sweet. I have uh, Kevin McHale, Tiny Archibald, uh, Bill Walton, uh, Rick Roby, Chris Ford. And, Mad Bomber. Yeah, the Mad Bomber. <laughs> did I have another? Did I just name six guys? No, you missed your favorite player, Kevin Gamble. Oh, of course, my bad. I did not mark him down. Yeah, that's uh, the the legacy of Kevin Gamble from this podcast series. Forgotten. Yes. Uh, Great team. I have uh, Hall of Famer Dennis Johnson, Hall of Famer Robert Parrish, uh, would have been Hall of Famer Reggie Lewis, uh, postseason hero Gerald Henderson, two-time All-Star Scott Wedman, and uh, coaching great Rick Carlisle. He's going to be the player coach of this team. I'm just going to pull the strings from the front office. Yeah, the third pick in this draft might be the place to be. You cleaned up there with with Reggie as your S3. And Gerald Henderson, who I feel like is just another stud. Like, he's better than all our fourth best player easily, I feel like. so. And so is Woodman, um, oddly enough. But too bad you don't have Larry Bird, so. Yeah, right. It doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. seriously. Too bad. I said it'll be a test. Your team is a test of, of Larry's greatness. It's true. Vera, if you can carry uh, this squad, there's nothing you can't do. Right. Um, all right. So that wraps up our our decade draft through the 80s here. Um, Are we done with these? Is that it? We No. It's yeah, up I in mean, the air. We might do an all. I think we might do a, a full generational draft. I think we, we should do. That, right? Yeah. Every, every Celtics team before 19 i guess the last year would be 1979 1980 so that's 1945 or whatever it was yeah 55 yeah whatever that season and then everything before that because i mean there's a ton of hall of famers obviously yeah okay one more that sounds good yeah we'll mix it in um so yeah be on the lookout for that coming up on the winning plays pod let us know at winning plays pod on twitter uh, who had the best team and yeah, we'll get back with you guys next week. Stay safe out there.